0: In conversation with journalist, interviewer, and budding amateur photographer, Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens, and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of So You Want to Be a Photographer, my name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Melisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. It's hot, but I'm good. How are I you going? Know. I'm hot too, but I have aircon, so that's uh, okay.
2: Yeah, so my aircon doesn't reach this part of the house, so um, mm. it's sad. It's it's sad. like Bikram. Yes. You should. Although, really are they still duck. using that name? Is that still a good name to say? Oh yeah,
1: isn't it like hot yoga now, or some kind of? Something like that. I'm not yeah. Sure. So
2: well, it's like I'm in a sauna. So yeah, yeah.
1: No, I don't think not. You should move. Huh? To where? Somewhere with aircon. No. Why don't I just get aircon for this room? Val. Well, why don't you? Like that's a, yeah, Like a big you? bold thing to
2: do. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's too hot. I'm just gonna go buy a new house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get aircon for that room then. Anyway, what else has been happening in your world apart from being really hot?
2: So, um, I've just been out with Stella for the day, and that was beautiful, and Stella is my uh, bike, my uh, little Vespa. And you know what else I did that's like changed my life, and I've done Tell this me. before, and it's Go not really photography related, but it is. Uh, so okay uh, about five years ago, I got these blue light blocking glasses, right? Oh. And so, what they are is their okay. orange tinted glasses. You look like you know Bono from U two when you wear them. You look like a rock star, okay. and you wear them inside. Yeah. And it sort of at night, it's the blue light that comes out of uh, computers and the blue light that comes from our our you know fluorescent lights and LED lights actually mm. stop your brain from. Uh, creating the uh, sleepy drugs that you need to go to sleep at night so they they keep you okay. up, so if you have trouble yep. sleeping, these are a really good hack. but the ones I had were like sort of not they were really cheapy ones, so I've gone yep. up a level and I've got these really? ones that in they're now red glasses that you wear okay.
1: and but so they blo- lock out block out the blue light they
2: block out the blue light. But if you – like, I I usually put them on at around uh, 8 o'clock and I can continue to do emails and things like that. You wouldn't use them if you were retouching because everything would look like, you know, shite. (laughs) But after a while, your brain sort of gets used to seeing in that way and, like, outside, when you look outside, the sunsets are amazing and, like, the sky looks – and life in general looks amazing. But the biggest – Thing is it's like the sleep is amazing you have yeah. the, the deepest most beautiful night's sleep yeah i had that for the first time in ages it was amazing From these wow. little blue light blocking glasses and there's heaps on the market and different brands and um I don't know if you like. I know because a lot of photographers are up late in front of their computers, and like again, you can't do this if you're retouching images. But it might be that you're working on quotes or you're researching Mm. or stuff like that.
1: Invoicing.
2: Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Give these a go. Uh, You'll kind of look like a rock star, is it? You know. Uh, Yes. Work around them. You might get some funny looks from your family, but after a while they get used to it,
1: (laughs) and uh, they're really good. All right, a blue light blocking glasses, Yes, yeah. go for it. Yes. Um, now, before we get on to this week's topic, which is ready to start a photography business, here are some common mistakes to avoid. I want to do a preemptive hello to all of the photographers that in Sydney who I know it will be coming out for uh, the Sydney Lunar Festival because a lot of photographers come out for vivid and do a lot of nighttime photography, uh, but that's in the middle of winter. So with the Sydney Lunar Festival, which I'm curator of, and it goes from the first to the tenth of February, there's a whole heap of lanterns and lighting installations and art installations and um, amazing light sculptures. But because it's I mean, before because it's February yeah. and um, and summer, you get you're going to get a lot more of the dusk period because it gets late. It gets dark a lot later. Yeah. And so you're going to get a slightly different look if you want to come and practice your nighttime photography skills. I'm going to be around the Circular Quay area quite a bit because a lot of the festival is based in that area. And um, uh, no doubt I will see a lot of photographers there and I hope you have a good time. And
2: that's a fantastic part of Sydney because you've got the – Oh, yeah, stunning. The – The Harbour Bridge there and the Opera House, it's just so scenic. Uh, So it's a great spot to take shots and, yeah, definitely practice your night photography. And if you go, please uh, upload your images to the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast Facebook page. I'd love to see them.
1: Yes, and if you're not a member of our listener community on Facebook, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join it's free we'd love to have you in there if you want to check out where you can uh, do all the photography for the sydney lunar festival then just go to sydney lunar and it'll have a little map of where a lot of the lighting installations and art installations are and uh, what we've done is we've tried to place them so that they have some really great vistas in the background as well mm. so you know with photographers in mind so yeah it should be fun fantastic what else what else have you been having you've been busy with the gold community as well haven't you Tina I
2: have there's been heaps going on lots of great stuff like you know there's uh, photographers working on massive photo composites and we've been chatting about lighting techniques we had our AMA there's photographers like it seems like everyone's suddenly oh I'm doing my first wedding I'm doing my first engagement so we've been it's been a busy little hub of activity in there and i'm just so the ama
1: that gina was referring to is the monthly ask me anything where gina gets on a call or it's a webinar really and you can literally ask her anything Mm. and uh that that wisdom and knowledge is there at your fingertips but and that's all just for the gold members as well and if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the gold community have a listen to this
0: Hey
2: guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So, what are you waiting for? Join the gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com.
1: Let's move on to this week's topic. Are you ready to start a photography business? Here are some mistakes to avoid. Now, this applies whether you are starting a photography business as in this is going to be your thing. This is going to mm. go – you're going to go whole hog in it. Or if you're just starting something on the side, but you want to be paid for it. So you're yeah. not just doing it for, you know, favours, like for, for no money for friends or whatever, but you're doing this on the side, even if you're only going to get at one or two gigs a month, it's something that you might want to grow uh, yeah. into the future, but you're starting out as, as a side hustle and, and you know, you're going to see where it takes you because you enjoy it. All right. So what are some mistakes to avoid, Gina.
2: Yeah, so and this is um, a, c- a common question that I get both in the uh, goal community on the and on the uh, podcast Facebook page. So I think it's a concern of a lot of photographers who want to get off on the right foot and uh, obviously want to know what mistakes to avoid. And then you touched on that first one, like that you, you don't have to decide to okay, I'm going to be a full time photographer and that's going to be my only income. I think as we get into um, you know 2019 and onwards like you see more uh of the emergence of the slashy where people are doing more than one thing more than one career you're like the poster child for that what do you what have you how many have you got going <laughs> i
1: don't know too many at the moment
2: 20 <laughs> so, so um one of the i think one of the biggest mistakes that people uh make when they're deciding to start a photography business is they decide okay i'm going to be a photographer, and the first thing they do is they quit their day job mm. and I think that uh this is uh, like n- not the greatest idea or like you might be uh sick of of the day job, but I think it's a really good idea to hang on to that day job and actually grow your business on the side while still having that day job because it gives you that safety net. You've got that continued income from your day job. It does mean that you're going to have to work a lot harder and longer hours. So it'll be something that you do your day job and then you might be uh, doing your photography you know chasing clients and all of that after hours but and and I did this for um, the first few years when I was starting out I had a I actually had a full-time job in an Italian restaurant I was cooking and I had it was a night job Val so I started I think at five which Mm -hmm. meant that I it freed up my day to pursue my growing my photography business so it was tiring for a while but it was really nice to have that that backup income. So actually it.
1: you did give up your day job it's just that you turned it into a night job.
2: Right well yes exactly so uh, but but it, it it was really super handy and it's it, it there's a number of reasons why I say don't give up your day job it's and it's not just having that income but it's like the fact that you have a job that you can say, okay, I know that I'm going to be able to A, pay the rent and B, buy food this week and cover my bills because the, the day job or the night job is covering that and when you have that confidence that you're you've got that covered it changes the energy that you have towards the jobs that you're chasing and it'll give you the confidence to charge appropriately for the jobs but when you're that's your only kind of income that you're 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 hoping for when you're pitching for jobs you you may just have that kind of a desperate energy about you or your You'll be prepared to go for lower just because if you don't get that job that week, you know, it might be like hard to to pay the rent. So I think it's a really good idea to have something that's going to bring you that money. And the other reason I say this is having... That job that you go to, that side job aside from photography, is a really good way for you to network. So it's like, here are the people that you work with. It might be that you work in a in an office, and it comes time, and like a number of the gold community that I, that I'm uh, coaching at the moment uh, are in that position where they're working in an office, and it comes time for we need all our headshots done. They'll put their hand up and, and it'll be a great way for them to network their skills and show that like, yes, I am a photographer. I'm, I'm you know, building my business and here's a great opportunity. And you never know who you might meet when you're doing that, that, that day job. And it might be something like I deliberately chose uh, the restaurant job because I wanted something that I could just do. It was like more... Uh, of a physical thing that I had to do that I, that I could switch off at the end of the day and fo- and like while I was working, I could just think about photography 24-7, right? Mm. But it what was really interesting is while I was doing that that restaurant job, that's where my first break in advertising photography came because one of the waitresses that I worked with, her husband happened to be an art director and he would mm. see me every night at the restaurant and every time I saw him, all I did was talk about oh my God, how much I love photography. I did this (laughs) shot today. This is a shoot that I did. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm so excited. And oh my God, look at the light out there. And they saw that enthusiasm. And then one day he just came up and he's like, hey, uh, I've got this job and I thought of you. Do you want to come in and photograph, you know, soft drink bottles for me? And I said, oh yeah, that'd be great. I know how to do soft drink bottles. I didn't, but I worked it out. And, (laughs) you know, that led to uh, a long connection and we and we worked together for a long time. But you never know where your break will come from and it's like just just putting yourself out there and being around lots of different people is going to give you those opportunities and you've got that safety net
1: what do you think about that Val? I think yeah absolutely it's the fact that you're unwittingly networking I think that, you know, being, putting, as you say, putting it out, yourself out there and meeting a lot of people in whatever way you can, whether that's through your day job, your night job or some other method is yeah. definitely a good thing. And um, your story about, uh, you know, working in this restaurant reminded me of um, one a very famous Australian restaurant. Um, uh, shall I say, presenter, uh, talk show host, uh, (laughs) whatever. Um, uh, She was a waitress at a – she had done a journalism qualification but was not getting anywhere, any jobs in journalism. She was a waitress at an Italian restaurant, I think, as well. It might not have been Italian. Anyway, a restaurant in Sydney, and she. it's it's the same situation as you. The Channel 7 – oh, I gave it away. The Channel 7 (laughs) people – would just go to lunch there on a regular basis, and eventually she just got her gig through that. Obviously, and since then, that was many years ago, and since then she's risen up through the ranks.
2: Yeah, but there's a lot to be said for that, that, that you know. Yes. And it's it, it, that that's one-on-one networking, and it's also a very important skill that, that 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 we'll talk about today. But yeah, I think that that is that's a great story. Channel Seven, <laughs> eh? Hmm. <laughs> All right, so um, the next one that uh, the mistake that uh, I think I see many photographers make that are um, starting their business is being impatient and giving up too soon. So I have to tell a story now. Okay, okay tell, the story, so, tell the story. Tell the story. So you say, if you got a tree right and you planted a little sapling. And you can get all these uh, uh, things that you can add to, like tree steroids, (laughs) fertilisers and things like that. And you can force that tree to grow really quickly, right? Yes. if something grows too quickly, what happens is the tree doesn't have a chance to put down strong roots. And what happens is if there's a, a, a big storm or a gust of wind, the tree will blow over because it hasn't had a chance to establish itself properly. So it's grown really tall really fast,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: underneath there isn't that uh, the, the roots that will hold it into the ground. And I think that that's important if you're growing a business. If if it takes off and it grows too fast, like too fast, you don't get a chance to develop that uh, resilience that you need uh, for business and then to be able to cope when things go wrong. So I think there's something to be said with, um, you know, having patience and growing uh, something slowly. And on the quitting too soon, there are a lot of people that, you know, just have this, this belief that, you know, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to work hard and then, you know, I'll, I'll get my break. And everyone has like in their mind's eye an idea of when that will happen. And often what happens is people give up just as they're about to take off and they don't know it, but it would have been the next break that that was coming their way. So often people do quit too soon. So I think uh, having patience and growing, allowing yourself to develop that resilience and putting in the time, don't give up too soon, keep going, and you'll find that you'll get success at the end.
1: Yeah. I was mentoring um, a writer the other day, and she was saying that she was ready to give up and i and i said but how many articles have you written 3 mm. and i'm like Three. that's not enough time to decide this is not for you yeah. and they were good ones too but you know you need to stick in there a little bit longer yeah and it's all part of it like you
2: know you you you, you It is a numbers game and there is a a number of knockbacks that you need to receive. And if you look at the history of any uh, well-known, successful, published author, painter, actor, they've all got the same story of like, you know, I got this many knockbacks and then just as I was about to give up, the phone rang and I got this dream job and you know and I'm so glad I, I hung in there and uh, you know um, I think that's that's so important.
1: Yeah absolutely all right what's the next one? All right so the next one
2: is ignoring social media. So that's a
1: mistake you're saying?
2: I think so so yeah, okay. you know love it or hate it I think uh, social media uh, right now is one of the best ways to introduce yourself and your personality as a photographer to like a wider audience and you've got an opportunity to uh, market yourself and show yourself to be an expert in your field. So like if you want to promote yourself as the best wedding photographer in your area, then you can find ways using social media, marketing to your ideal clientele, and show yourself to be skillful in that area by you know offering doing blog posts on like okay, so if you're a new bride and this is going to be your your wedding, here's some tips on how to protect your feet, or like how to stand up all day, on or like here's here's the shoes that you need to wear, or here's how to get a stain out of your wedding dress, or or I don't know, what other wedding. how to keep your hair, oh, how, to, how, how to use the Dyson hairdryer, Val. <laughs> 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 Val ran me through a tutorial just before we started um, about uh, how, how to use the Dyson. Apparent. It sounds amazing. I'm, um, I want one now. Yes, uh, this is
1: not sponsored. Not sponsored. But it's sponsored. actually the Dyson hair wrap style art, not the Dyson hairdryer, which is different. Oh, lucky I would have gone inc- and bought the. the dryer. No, no, don't buy the hairdryer. You need the the air wrap styler.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, or you you might have uh, again uh, blogging for prospective clients, wanting to show your expertise. You might be a headshot photographer, and you want to show your expertise as a headshot photographer. So you might post to social media and blog about uh, what to wear when you come to a headshot headshot session. Not easy to say, Val. And uh, here are the best shirts that you should wear. Here are the things you should avoid. Here are some tips on... Uh, styling your hair here are some do's and don'ts with jewelry and again that sort of um, positions you as an expert in your field and all of that also really helps with your seo so the more you're out there blogging and people are linking back to your stuff and sharing your your work it, it like google recognizes that and ranks you a lot higher so this this is where Social media helps. It helps you build a following, market to your niche, and like you can use Facebook ads. Still a very successful way to market using Facebook. And there's a course uh, that that we have with uh, Andrew Helmich on how to uh, fantastic on using Facebook ads, and he's had, like had so much success using uh, th- this style of uh, marketing. So there's all yeah, and sorts if you want
1: of- to. If you want to check it out, um, yeah, it's a great course. And um, just go to com and um, look under courses and that will give you what you need to know about the course for Facebook ads.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. And the full script, what to say, how to target your particular – it's an amazing course. Uh, and another thing, like when – you're finding your social media like a lot of photographers think okay I've got to be on social media so all right so I've got my Pinterest account I've got my Instagram I've got Twitter I've got what others are there I've got like all the others that 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 happen and I'm going to blog to all of them and and LinkedIn and and oh my god it's taking me you know all of my time to do that Not necessary, like you can actually link up all your social media accounts, find the one that you're good at, because you'll find that there are uh, certain social media accounts that might suit your style uh, a lot better than other social media accounts, and then you can... Blog from one and link all the others just so you've got yourself out there. But you you only need to maybe have one or two that you want to use.
1: Yeah, but I would say that with photography, it would make the most sense to do Instagram.
2: Absolutely, Instagram. But there's also photographers that have found great success with Pinterest and also that other photographers that have great success with Facebook as well. So, you know, I think that those, anything that that showcases your work, uh, definitely Pinterest uh, sorry Instagram will um, get get you can grow your audience a lot faster when you're doing that though and using that social media make sure that it's not something that you do robotically and, and, and in a cold way remember you're a human and you've got humans that are reading your blog and so that that whole idea it's social media and we've done lots of podcasts on this as well be social. So, you know, pretend that you're talking to friends and you're sharing information. It's really important, I think, that you're authentic and be yourself. You don't need to, um, anyone that's read my newsletter knows that you don't need to write like a, you know, a surprise-winning <laughs> author to get your point across, and I think like the best advice that you gave me, Val, when when you, about writing was she said just be yourself, write like you do, and I took that advice literally, of course, and uh but but it works. It's like that; it, it makes it easy for me to write in that way and get my message uh, across and and share my thoughts and everything. So I think it's really important to uh, be authentic. And grow your following in an authentic way. Don't go for the sort of the fast way. You can buy followers, but what's the point? They're not going to do anything for you. So you can, you can grow your following fairly rapidly if you, you know, blog regularly and put yourself out there and share your work and share the work that you love and share things that will be of use to uh, the people following you.
1: Yep, sure. Good advice, good advice. What's next?
2: Okay. So I think the other mistake that photographers make is only relying on social media for their, you know, to, to, to pick up the business. So it's kind of like um, putting the stuff on out there on social media and using Instagram and Facebook and all those other ways is great. But if you grow your, say you grow 100,000 Instagram followers and you're a pet photographer in Bloomington, Idaho, which I think <laughs> has a uh, population of 200, <laughs> right? How do you know or, this? I know stuff,
1: right? Okay.
2: Or, or, I hope that that's actually in,
1: correct. Hang on. not my, apologies to everyone in Bloomington.
2: No, 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 but it's a small town. So I just wanted to, you okay. know, give the example of a small town or oh, my new favorite show, Shit Creek. Have you watched that?
1: Oh, Shit's Creek, I think. Yeah. Isn't it? No, I yeah. haven't. Is it good? Fair. Oh,
2: so good. Really? So good.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. But like, so imagine you're a pet photographer and you've got a hundred thousand Instagram followers from all over the world. That's not kind of gonna really help your business. So you've got an opportunity there to maybe do groundwork networking so I I think that like networking one-on-one with people is uh still king when it comes to photography and I know many 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 successful photographers that are making very good money and their Instagram followings are like under under 2000 but they're very successful and it's like if you're a commercial photographer and you have uh, say five to ten advertising agencies feeding you work and they might be giving you three jobs that are worth 10,000 10, a job there's mm-hmm. 30,000 do the math uh carry the four you might be making uh <laughs> 300,000 150 to 300,000 a year right mm-hmm. five to ten clients you don't need a following of a hundred thousand and that hundred thousand is is not really going to help you with that sort of commercial work and same as a wedding photographer you know, it's like, it's not like you need to cast the net out out wide and catch all the fish in the ocean. So as a wedding photographer, if you're booking 30 weddings a year, which is comfortable, I think a little bit high for a wedding photographer, Mm -hmm. but kind of doable. Mm -hmm. uh, And at 5,000 a wedding, there's 150,000 like that. So 30 clients, if you've got a following of 3,000, that's 1% that get married that you can, you know, convert to a good audience. So it's like, that's Find a way to get out there and be be seen as your local photographer. You know, go to the uh, local council chambers and, you know, go and speak at meetings or you know, go and work for charities or just get out there and network yourself and be known in your local area as the local photographer. You, you can... Um, Work with uh, locals in the area so that they get to know you. And that referral that happens from the ground up I think is super valuable and a really good way to grow your business.
1: Yep. Okay. Good one. What next? All right. So next, uh, putting all your eggs
2: in one basket and like eggs. It was so hot yesterday that yes. you could fry an egg on the road. That's how oh, hot yes. it was yes and bacon if you wanted to (laughs) so you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket so the best lesson um uh I learned early on is to like you know make sure that I uh, diversify the the streams of income across different sort of genres in photography so I started shooting actors headshots and then I sort of moved to models as well so then I had actors and models and I was doing tv I was and shooting advertising and corporate events and from all of that there's spin-off basically I just said yes to every job that came my way I was doing product photography I was doing events I was doing headshots I was doing fashion I was doing advertising all of it I said didn't ever say no I'm like yep I can do that yep I can do that and then from that you might have a product client and whereas your your love is doing say portraits but you do the products and then from the products there might be a spin-off that art director then gets transferred to another uh, place and then they end up being head of you know commissioning portrait photographers and so that's how it works and so making sure that you're not sort of focusing on one client I remember very early on Val where I had a a photographer that was mentoring me had several lucrative clients and then one massive client came along and gave him like months and months and months of work okay and he had to let all the little clients go that were looking after him very well. He was making very good money from maybe 15 clients, right? And then he went and worked for this one massive client, and I think that work lasted two years, and then they moved on. But guess what happened? What? In that two years, all the other little clients that had been working with him had to go and find other people to work with. And so he ended up like he had this great income for a couple of years, but then he had to rebuild from there. Uh, because he had put all his eggs in one basket so I think it's important to make sure you spread yourself out and uh, look for all manner of different jobs to, to so that you are never sort of caught out and it might be like if you're a wedding photographer and you work in the northern hemisphere there are certain months of the year where you just can't even get outside so what would be the uh, the patch that fills that that hole for those three few months, you might want to uh, as you're getting started, take in product photography that you can do uh, from a home studio or you might find a share studio that you can do product photography or other stuff that you can do indoors or you might do uh, food photography for restaurants or headshots or something that that sort of fills that low season. So think about that as you uh, are getting started. I think it's really important.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, definitely. What's the next one? All right. So I think another
2: big mistake, and this is a kind of is uh, to do with impatience or just wanted to hurry up and get there and get there quickly, is not having enough training to start with and not having good mentors around you. So I think that the training has to do more with learning the skills of photography and really understanding your lighting and knowing how to work with people and knowing how to work in all different situations as well as having someone, a mentor, a trusted someone who is several years ahead of you down the track who can help you with things like learning how how to charge and and how to deal with clients. Or if you've got an issue with something and you don't understand it, you can try and figure it out for yourself. But if you've got someone that is ahead of you down the track, that's experienced, that can help you, I think that um, can save you so much heartache and actually uh, fast track your success uh, a lot better. And I know know, Valerie, that you've invested... Uh, extensively in in mentorship and training? Well, uh... here's
1: the thing, only recently, and if I had my time again, I would have done that a lot earlier. Mm. So I only kind of um, discovered, I mean, I always knew the concept of mentors existed, obviously, but I never really sought one out till very, 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 very late in life. And uh, I wish I had done it a lot earlier because I would, I I believe, have um, fast-tracked my learning and fast-tracked my progress and I think maybe it's because I was an only child so I was just really used to doing things on my own it didn't even occur to me to have someone else help me along the way so I'm not sure why but if I had my time again I would definitely uh, look for a mentor or do more training and courses and that sort of thing a lot earlier in any part of my journey than what I did.
2: Yeah and I think when you're uh, looking for a mentor, I think it's really important that you find someone that you click with, because it's like I I have tried to you know learn from mentors that like I just couldn't relate to, or their style of teaching I just couldn't understand, and then it's just a matter of continuing to look and find someone that 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 you do click with that that does. Um, because it should be a, a, a long relationship that you, you have with a mentor. And I think the right mentoring and guidance, it's not only the the technical stuff that they're going to help you with it, but it's the, the sort of the inner work, like giving you that self-belief. And it's like, you know, right, you, sure. you, you've got someone that you can call and say or speak to and say, hey, you know when this happens, <laughs> which is my favourite opening line to say, to me, do you... Did you ever? When you first, were you ever feeling like that? And then to get that someone saying, "Oh yeah," and then they'll give you a story, and it just go, "You you don't feel as alone or isolated." And then you see that, oh, so they've done it. They went through all of that as well. So yeah. if they've done it, and then they'll go, "And here's what I did, and here's what happened, and this is what I, you know." And it, it can it can make such a big difference the other fantastic thing about finding good mentors is that uh they open doors and they can introduce you to people that you would never have that opportunity to meet otherwise so it's like they'll they'll you know introduce you to a whole new world that you you, yeah you probably don't have that chance so I think that's uh something that really will help with your um your photography
1: yeah but you know some I just want to set people's expectations that the job of the mentor is not necessarily to introduce you to people. Um, You should be creating that own skill yourself. I I think that um, getting a mentor with the expectation that that's what, that that's what they're going to do is Mm. not a good idea. I think it's very much tapping into their wisdom and their advice. And if they happen to introduce uh, you to people along the way, great.
2: Mm but also just introducing you to stuff that you just like a whole other world that you just would never normally even think exist. What? Sure. This software? Never heard of it. Yeah. Or, oh, you do that? What? Really? That, that's, you know, what mentors, I think to me, they just show you stuff that you just never had any idea about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
2: All right. So uh, the next one, Val, uh, big mistake that a lot of uh, photographers are making is charging too little. And uh, so that's a big business mistake, I think. Uh, and it's kind of like I get the thinking behind it. It's, cause it's like you want to get the jobs and you, you think, okay, you've got to be competitive. So you'll come in a lot lower. And I think at the start when you're building folio and building you want to get your reputation out there and 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 show yourself off it's a good idea to maybe rather than offering to work for free or very little the term is I'm shooting for folio I'm building my folio Um, but then like Often when photographers are doing the math and thinking about like what is the right price to charge, they're not thinking about all the stuff that they need to think about in the equation. So, you know, you think that, okay, if I currently am earning $10 an hour in my work at the moment, my my normal job, and then I'm charging 50 bucks for a headshot, that's only for, it take me 15 minutes. And then if I did, you know, 50 of those, are, yeah, that's good money. But you're not factoring in, you know, the cost of doing business. And I think that's a big mistake to make. So for example, if you're charging $1,000 for a wedding, uh, you, you need to be doing 100 weddings a year, right, To just to, to have uh, 50 grand in your pocket. So I'm taking out 50 in, in expenses to make that money. All right, so think about doing the math and valuing your work and charging accordingly. And so at first, you've got that part-time job or that side hustle that's that's giving you the money, but you want, and you want to build your folio and build your prices and put your prices up um, you know regularly to make sure that you're going to be
1: charging what you're actually worth. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I think the underside of that is that if you feel a bit uncomfortable, like, oh, if I charge too much, um, charge it anyway, but make sure you, but get over that guilt by over delivering as well, because people, because that is what you should be doing anyway.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so the other mistake that photographers are making is I think over investing in gear too early, Val. So <laughs> the, the kind of thinking is all right, I'm going to start my photography business and I want to take really good photos. Therefore, I should get all the high end gear <laughs> straight off the bat. Borrow a hundred grand from the bank, buy the best camera, best lighting, best bags, best stands, best of everything. But the thing is, that, that better camera isn't going to make you a better photographer. So I think it's really important as you're growing your business and as you're starting out, keep your initial investment low. I think it's probably it's very difficult to start a business. I've seen it done, but it's it's a lot harder if you don't have your own gear. I've seen photographers sort of hire as they need to, but then mm. you don't have that camera that you can just pick up at 10 o'clock on a you know Thursday night when you yeah. get this flash of an idea of a new lighting style that you want to test out in your lounge room right so yeah. i think having the basics any camera that you get right now is going to be great Can you hear my
1: there's phone. tiger the cat so hello tiger thank you for joining us to talk about investing in gear too early yeah, but yes a lot that's gear. that's right I mean I think hey look if you've got all the money in the world go for your life oh, <laughs> spend yourself you silly yourself
2: out and but get money all a hazelblad
1: while you're there <laughs> but if money is an issue Gina's right I think that it's very much about um getting doing the best with what you've got because that is or what you can afford because that is actually what's going to hone your skills
2: yeah and the What's strategy the that I
1: used basically, Val, was I
2: had a uh, camera and a lens. I actually borrowed them off my brother permanently. I've just given them back. Yeah. I actually gave them to his son, re-gifted them. And, um, Decades and then later. what I would do was I would um, use what I had. So I worked with daylight because I didn't have flashes. And then as I got a job... Uh, and there was like a bit of money and I am like, I could use a light for this job and, and so I'm going to take some of the profit and buy the light and I would always name it after the person that I was photographing. And so, and I built my gear up that way. And if it was a bigger job, then you can hire lighting equipment. It's not that expensive. And you can actually build that into the cost if you're shooting advertising. So I think just grow your business like that and get your gear as you need it. And and because as you get better, you're going to start thinking about different modifiers and different lighting and maybe adding more lighting and an extra stand and Tripods and things like that. So just build it all slowly and uh, sort of keep your overheads as uh, as low as possible as you're starting out.
1: Cool. Okay. So the next one is according to your notes, no networking skills. As in, you're saying it's a mistake not to have networking skills, or or it's a mistake not to network.
2: I think it's a mistake not to network and I think we covered that pretty well but it's just like make sure that you get out and uh, learn how to network as a photographer on the ground and not, not just via social media but to get yourself out there and uh, get known and let, let as many people know as possible how, I- how excited you are about photography.
1: I think with that is you don't necessarily have to go to a networking event. It just means getting out there and meeting people and just having a normal conversation. I know that with a lot of the writers I mentor, a bunch of them have gotten jobs at the school gate because they've mentioned that they're a writer or a copywriter or whatever and they've gotten jobs that way as well. So it's just talking to people without shoving a business card down there, uh, you know, into their hands, but just chatting. Don't, don't even
2: have shove business cards it's like you don't think you need them that that much but but it's like I think a really good idea is like everyone has a smartphone I think uh, unless you're one of those people that are against them and have the flip phone <laughs> but if you've got one get a folder load it up on the phone with your folio and it might be your five best images or your 10 best images and somewhere that you're not Oh hey yeah yeah I love photography. Let me show you some photos. Wait no that was our holiday in Bali. No, yeah no, that hang is on. so oh, frustrating. Do you
1: know how many people that that do you know how many times that happens? It's so oh my god.
2: And I'm forever going. You know you can put all that in a folder. Here give yeah. it to me. Let me do so it for you. So it's
1: immediately available. Do that. Oh my yeah. god. Otherwise you're saying oh that's not a very good one. That doesn't really show it. But but if you keep on flicking you'll come across some good ones. Or, yep. or
2: you're mortified because you just go, okay, yeah, just flick, you just flick through, and they flick, 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 and they go the wrong way, and they might see a photo that they probably shouldn't have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next, Gina?
2: So, um, all right just make sure that you're across basic business skills. So a lot of photographers will get caught out with the things like tax and contract tracks and cash flow. You know, so this is something that it's worth uh, having an, an understanding of or employing someone that, that can help you with all of that sort of stuff. But you know, basically, as you're getting going, have an understanding of that sort of thing. If you're making money, you're going to have to pay tax on that money. So you know, don't just pocket it all and go buy a jet. When you start with and then suddenly the government are saying, "Uh, you owe us some money on that, you know, so a lot of people get caught out with that and insurance and contracts and cash flow. So I think it's really important to have a, a good understanding of all of that. You got any advice on that, Val?
1: Oh, I think that's all really good advice. I think that, you know, there are many books around about uh, basic business skills and obviously it's going to depend which country you're in as to how the tax is treated. Um, So just make sure you you go learn them. Yeah. And the same goes for
2: understanding uh, editing. And knowing your, your sort of knowledge of workflow, so having setting up a good protocol so that you can not only upload your files, send the files to clients, but also a good backup protocol so that you're protected. That you know, while you've shot shot something for someone, you're not about. And I've heard so many horror stories about this fail where a photographer has done a job, and then they can't find it. It's gone How's somewhere. Like or they Accidentally can't deleted it. <laughs>
1: can't find the files they've they lost shot. the files
2: like you know do you know how many That's times a, i've heard this like yeah. complete shoots where models <laughs> are hired makeup artists stylists like you know tens of thousands of dollars invested by the client and it's someone who like like they decided to go with the uh the cheaper photographer the groovier photographer that hadn't quite wrapped their head around the file protocol and they're do you know, you
1: know do, just do you know my theory on this yeah. Because I've got a really good bullshit meter. and Have you? You Would you this... pick this up early, Val? Uh, uh, what? what? Go on. And um, I, you know, I've had photographers say that to me. And in some cases that may well be true, but I, in a couple of cases, I can just tell that the files have not been lost. They just were did not do a good job they took terrible photos right and so rather than hand over terrible photos they've said that the files are lost you can tell I can tell
2: right anyway this happens a lot and uh, but but it also happens where the files have you know the photographers tethered and the client seeing the files and signing off on yeah, them as okay. they're going and then somewhere they've disappeared and uh that, that never to be seen again, so I think it's really important to learn all about uh, and and have a good workflow po- protocol that protects you against that. and I've blogged about this. there's episodes on this uh, on protecting uh your files and making sure that you've got multiple backups uh to cover you for 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 that happening because I'd hate for that to happen. All right, so, so one more Val, yeah. So the final one is like how do pe- people can't find you if you've got uh, the kind of business name that you know nobody can remember or spell or search mm-hmm. out. So uh, here's another little known fact. So imagine your name was mm-hmm. Adolph, Blaine, Charles, David, Earl, Frederick, Gerald, Hubert, Irvin, John, Kenneth, <laughs> Lloyd, Martin, Neon, Oliver, Paul, Quincy, Randolph, Sherman, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Victor and Ernstinghausen Gordorf, right? Okay, senior. Uh, this was the guy the that's got there. in the Guinness Book of Records as having the longest name in history, right? Okay, and that's what you name your photography business. And I've seen people that have really long, difficult to spell names, and that's what they call themselves. And so people might see their work and might love it, but they and they'll meet them at a party and go, "Yeah, my name's." that and they can't find you or you, you know you've got um a, just a difficult name to remember so I think that that's important and uh just on that note I was thinking about like some funny cliche photography business names can you think yes. of any
1: or um, oh snap to it snap to it anything else Shutterbug. Oh, shutterbug. <laughs>
2: Just Shoot Me, which was a famous name Just of the show. Just Shoot
1: Me, yes.
2: Shut her um, up. <laughs> Shut her up. And I've come up with the best a name for a framing. Focus, a Clear Lens in
1: Focus. Oh. A Clear Lens in Focus. Oh,
2: go Val. See, the writer in her is coming. Zoom so, in. Oh. So <laughs> I've, I've come up with a name for a uh, a framing company.
1: Go on. Well Hung. Oh my god! <laughs> of course you did. Of course
2: it's, you did. So, uh, if you guys can come up with any other puns on photography <laughs> names, please share them in the Facebook group. I'd uh, love, I'd love to hear them. I'd, oh I'd love puns, god. I really do. So that's it, Val. There's some of the common
1: photography <gasps> mistakes, and um, yeah, hope that helps. Well done. That's great. Okay, fantastic. If you guys have any questions about um uh about that we might not have covered about setting up your photography business, then just ask them in the Facebook group and we will answer them in an upcoming episode and tag both Gina and I when you when you ask them. Um, we may not answer straight away in the Facebook group, but we hopefully will answer in an upcoming episode. So that's really good. Thank you, Gina. That's um, 12 fantastic things to that we need to keep in mind if we're going to start a photography business. All right, mm. so what's happening coming up for you, Gina?
2: Um, Right now I'm about to take all my clothes off, Val, because in the corner, <laughs> the sweat lodge that I'm in, I reckon I've probably, since we've been recording... <laughs> Dropped about three kilos. Okay. Yeah. And then I have, uh, I've got uh, some new cast members to shoot for a TV show this week. And cool. I'm also recording uh, some more tutorials uh, for the Goldies as well. So uh, busy, busy week coming up. I've got to feed Tiggy right now too. What okay. about you? You've got the big uh, Lunar Festival. Yes. How exciting. I wish I could get up there next year. I'll be up there.
1: Yes, so much happening. So I am not going to take all my clothes off. I'm going to turn on the air con. Uh, This coming week, I've got the media launch, which we'll do under the Harbour Bridge or or next to the Harbour Bridge. And then we've got uh, a lot of the, well, we've got to make sure all the lanterns get installed and all the art installations get installed. And then we'll be doing um, a whole bunch of other media. And then we've got the opening night and we're going to launch the festival and there's going to be fireworks and the the harbour bridge is going to be lit up so and uh it's going to be busy 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 and then a weekend full of performances and uh Lots and lots happening. Um, The following weekend, there's going to be 3,000 people on Darling Harbour competing in dragon boat races. Um, There's going to be uh, one of the radio stations is holding a, um, they're going to attempt to beat the Guinness um, world record in the number of people eating dumplings at the same time. Oh my (laughs) God. What's the record?
2: Do you know? I think I could could give that a good nudge. What's the record?
1: Well, no, it's the number of people
2: Oh, it's not dumplings. the number of dump Because I, I could probably dumplings. do 80 in a sitting.
1: Yeah, okay, so could I. Um, So it's not the number you can eat, Gina. It's the number of people. Wow. So I think they're going for over 1,000 in uh, Darling Harbour. Um, and, yeah, a lot of dances. There's going to be traditional dances. There's going to be hip-hop. There's going to be all sorts of things. And, of course... Uh, a lot of photography and Instagramming, I imagine, that's going to be happening around the uh, sh- um, around Circular Quay, which is on Sydney Harbour, where all of the lanterns will be lining Sydney Harbour. So it's going to be fun. All right. And, and, and so for the
2: Aussie listeners, if you see Val on, on, on the television there, make sure you get a <laughs> screenshot and post it so that we can uh-huh. all see. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, – the Dyson-styled hair valve. I can't wait.
1: Oh, that's – I need to watch more YouTube videos to make sure that I can actually do it properly. I mean, yeah. when I'm just doing my hair to go down to the shops in my local suburb, I look yeah. fine. But, yeah. um yeah, I haven't quite nailed it yet, so I've got a few days to see if I can, you know, practice Well, just
2: – I think – I reckon, look, you've got to – from now, just wash your hair and style it every day. I mean, so you've yeah, got a few too. days to get it right, and I think, you know, it'll be – second nature in no time it's like learning any new so like, like you know you started out slowly with your painting and now you're about to when's your Guggenheim exhibition <laughs> is that is that launch you going to hold that back after the
1: festival yeah been a bit busy
2: <laughs> yeah so you know and then you'll turn into this you know one of those youtubers that does uh hair videos
1: i don't oh, think that, so i, I don't think that's so. so much I have been watching a lot of that to, in, to learn how to use the product, but anyway. I'm going to come up um, and give
2: yours a go. I yeah, you should. practice sure, on good. yours first if, before I decide to drop that coin <laughs> on a hairdryer.
1: <laughs> okay, so where do we find you online, Gina?
2: So ginamilicia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook on, that's uh, where you'll find me. And also in the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast Facebook group, free to join, come and say hello if you're not already a member. And if you want to connect with me in person and you're thinking that 2019 is going to be the year that you decide to take your photography to the next level then please I'd love to work with you guys and uh, so come and join me in the goal community just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community and Val
1: You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, I'm in the Facebook groups as well that Gina just mentioned and you can also go to ValerieKoo.com, that's K-H-O-O. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources,